Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. I want to talk about parenting in today's podcast, and so I titled it, Give Your Children Fewer Rules and More Attitude. If you want to read this podcast, you're welcome to do that. Go to our website, rickthomas.net, and you can read everything that I'm going to share with you from this podcast. You can read it on our website in that article, Give Your Children Fewer Rules and More Attitude. And what I want to do in this podcast is I want to draw a a clear dichotomy between two types of parents. One parent is the rule-based parent. They love rules and they parent their children with rules from beginning to end, say the first 20 years of their life. Now, I want to say right up front that that parenting model will not work. You can't export the gospel. You can't export Christianity to your children on a strictly rule-based model. Now, it is important when children are young that you have a lot of structure in their lives, that you have rules. There is obedience. There are things that they must do. But as your children move along, as they grow older, you want to begin to release them from the rules and hoping that you have parented in such a way that they have a Christ-centered attitude that gives them a freedom and a flexibility to make choices, biblical choices, but not cookie-cutter choices. What I'm saying here is that you want them to you want to parent them to where they can walk in the spirit that they can sense how God wants them to do this or do that and they can live within that freedom. Christ lived in that freedom. In fact, if you take the two these two groups, the rule-based people and Christ, the rule-based people in his day, well, they were the Pharisees. The Pharisees had a structured way of living, and they never deviated from that structure, from that code of conduct or tradition or whatever the rules may be. Today, in our culture, in our religious culture, we call that legalism that we parent rules into children, and they never learn to have a Christ-centered attitude, a pneumatic, what I mean by pneumatic, a walking in the Spirit. They never have a pneumatic way of thinking and responding to life that allows them to have flexibility as they move along. And so this is the idea that I want to uh, talk about in this podcast. Being rule-centered, I I understand why that brings a measure of comfort to some parents. And the reason for that is that it creates a secure structure for their, par- uh, for their children to live within. It's like herding their children into this very confined and defined space. And they do that because they want to control their children's lives in in such a way. And so here's the legalism, here's the rules, here's how we live. But unfortunately, they don't teach their children how to live in this great big world uh, that we live in. And then as the children become adults, they only have a black and white way of living, and it it never works well in the culture. What they end up doing, what these parents end up doing to their children is they suffocate. 
the life that God would give them if they were willing to walk in the Spirit. Rule-based living is a self-reliant parenting model that leaves the parents in charge. It leaves the parents in control, but the adverse effect is that it restricts God's work in your life. As I mentioned, the legalist in the day of Christ, they were the Pharisees, and they had a real hard time with Jesus because he didn't live a cookie-cutter life. And so they were always in conflict with him. They would tell him what the rules were, and Jesus would seemingly always be at odds with their rules. And not only that, Jesus was kind of hard to follow because he was not consistent, and I mean that in the most biblical sense. What I'm saying is that he was pneumatic. When you walk in the Spirit and you sense how God is leading you, you're not going to do everything the same way all the time. That's what I mean by a pneumatic life. It's also what I mean by this freedom that God gives you to enjoy a fuller experience of God rather than suffocating the life that God could offer you down to a set of codes. Let me give you three illustrations of how Jesus changed depending on the circumstance and why it was so frustrating to the Pharisees. In John 3, Jesus had a wonderful conversation with a Pharisee. And then in Matthew 23, Jesus is just going off on the Pharisees. In one moment, he's building a relationship with the Pharisee, Nicodemus. In another moment, he is really going off on them, calling them hypocrites and snakes and whitewashed tombs. Here's another illustration. We see on the cross that Jesus has a deep affection for his mother. But then earlier in his uh, public ministry in Mark 3 specifically, Jesus is, it, it seems as though he's marginalizing his mother by saying that he's, he's really for those who do the will of God and not so much with those who don't do the will of God, even if one of those people happens to be his mother or his brothers. You see, if he had one rule, for treating his mother, he would be so locked in and restricted from what, from what God could offer him and the life and the experience that he could have with the Lord. Same thing with the Pharisees. He lives pneumatically, and so he knew in John 3, I want to have this conversation with Nicodemus because Jesus was walking in the Spirit. This is what you want to teach your children. This is the goal for your children, to have that kind of sensitivity to what God is doing in the moment that they can flex and not just live with a list of rules. This is rule number 89, and we will always do it this way, and there will never be any deviation. Those were the Pharisees. Here's a third illustration. I gave you Nicodemus. I gave you his mother. One day he had hard things to say to the lost. He said those things in Matthew 19. And then on another day, he showed empathy for the lost. That's what walking in the Spirit means. That's why I'm talking about this idea, the title of the podcast. Give your children fewer rules 
and more attitude. Now, what I want you to read into that title is you do give your children rules. There is a way to live, but what you're really after is an attitude, a pneumatically empowered, illuminated attitude that gives your children basically their marching orders rather than the rules, a cookie-cutter lifestyle. And right when you thought you had Jesus figured out, he would do something that appeared to contradict your expectations for him. Now, for a rule-loving culture, Christ is countercultural. This is why some people have such a hard time with Christ, because he doesn't fit their pre-described expectations. He led a spirit-led life, a pneumatic life. The spirit-led life cuts against the grain of rule-bound hearts because the pneumatically-led person is submitting to the authority and directives of something else or someone else. Because the people in the Lord's day did not understand this worldview that I'm communicating to you, they thought that Jesus was an intentional troublemaker. But you see, Jesus transcended religious expectations and cultural norms. He, he was not the kind of per- he never sinned, and it's important that you understand that. He always did the will of his Father, but you couldn't pin him down to a list of rules. And again, it's why I titled the podcast, Give Your Children Fewer Rules, Give Them More Attitude. Let me give you a list of, of instances in Jesus' life to where he, he and I'm going to put this in quotation marks, he broke the rules. In John 8, he hung out with an adulteress. They had a, they had a hard time with that one. In Luke 19, he invited himself to a hated tax collector's house for dinner. In Mark 2, when he was calling his disciples, he invited another tax collector to be in his private group. In Luke 7, he he let an immoral woman wash his feet. You remember that story? The rule keepers were falling all over themselves because of that one. In Matthew 26, he allowed an unworthy an untrusting man to be part of his group. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. The person I'm talking about, you know, is Judas. Jesus allowed that person to be part of his group because he was walking in the Spirit. He was doing the will of God. He knew that this man had a purpose in God's redemptive plans. In John 8, he spent time teaching a divorced fornicator, the woman at the well. In John 3, he allowed a secret rendezvous to go down. This is Nicodemus and Jesus. He allowed this secret rendezvous. You remember Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. He did it in secret because Nicodemus was afraid of the Pharisees. And so he allowed this secret rendezvous to go down with a member of one of his rivals, the Pharisees. In John 11, he seemed to be glad when his good friend Lazarus died. That's what the text says. Lazarus is dead, and I am glad. He told his followers in Luke 14 that you have to hate your father and hate your mother to come after, to, to follow him. In Matthew 12, he seemed to diss his mother. 
as I mentioned earlier in Mark's gospel as well. In Matthew 12, he was not inhibited to tell his friends to do impossible things. In Matthew 14, he would rebuke his friends if they did not succeed. That's when Jesus rebuked them for having little faith for when they were walking on the water. And as I already said, Jesus never sinned. In this pneumatic life where he seemed all over the place, he had an attitude of, of following God, but that took him in many different directions that would not pin him down. And by the way, in Mark 12, we see that he obeyed the laws of his culture. Now, the reason for that, by the way, I have verses for everything that I just shared with you. And so you can go to this article and just hover over the verse and it will pop up and you can read the verse and you won't have to leave the website to go run it down. It's right here inside the text. But the reason for the radicality of Jesus was because of his God-centered and spirit-illuminated approach to life, which made him appear to be out of step with everyone else especially with the religious people. His call on our lives is to live otherworldly. And it's a call that begins with a cross. And just when you become comfortable with how things are, you have religion all figured out, you're walking with Jesus, guess what? The Lord begins stirring your nest again, and things are changed again. The reason for this is because you cannot mature in Christ if you are unwilling to flex. And that was the problem with the Pharisees. They were not willing to grasp the theological concept of walking in the Spirit. And because of their stubbornness, because of their desire to be, they had this rule-based exclusivity, they missed out on a wonderful life. One last time, is the reason I titled this podcast, Give Your Children Fewer Rules and More Attitude. The Pharisees were too self-determined and too self-reliant to yield to anyone else. Thus, they had to live a prescribed set of rules. You don't want to parent this way. Christ, on the contrary, chose to walk in the Spirit. And the irony is that He never sinned something their rule-based life could never accomplish. Isn't that odd that they followed the rules but sinned all over the place? Jesus didn't follow the rules, and he never sinned. A right heart attitude will create the right behaviors. And that's really the big point here. While all the rules in the world will not create a right heart Christ had a gospel-saturated, gospel-motivated, and gospel-empowered heart, and that made all the difference in the world. You see, the gospel is better than the law. The gospel also influences and informs the law. The gospel determines how you are to live. And the gospel frees you to live a spirit-led, spirit-empowered life that is fuller, richer, broader, deeper, and more satisfying than any rule-based lifestyle. Paul said it this way in Galatians 5.1, 
He said, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to a yoke of slavery. You see the juxtaposition in this text. Christ was free. He lived in freedom. Never sinned, lived in freedom. And that's what Paul is calling us to. And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery, which is what the Pharisees did. John Piper commented on this text, and the quote was so good, I'm just going to read it to you verbatim. It is from his teaching titled, For Freedom, Christ Has Set Us Free. John Piper said, The text, Galatians 5.1, begins with a clear and refreshing statement of Christ's will for our lives. Sometimes we get bogged down in a quandary about God's will. And often we worry about decisions which are simply not a great issue with God. Where to go to school, what job to take, where to live. We need to orient our lives on the clear statements of Scripture regarding God's will. And here is one for freedom. Christ has set us free. Christ's will for you is that you enjoy freedom. Where you go to school, what job you do, where you live, etc., are not nearly so crucial as whether you stand fast in freedom. If they were, the Bible would have commanded those things as clearly as it is here commands us to freedom, but it doesn't. So your enjoyment of freedom is more important to God than many of the day-to-day decisions that fills us with so much concern. A good test of your priorities in life would be whether you are just as concerned about the command to enjoy your freedom as you are about other pressing decisions in your life. Piper finishes with this. He says, It is a clear and unqualified command. Stand fast and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. This is the will of God for you. Your freedom, uncompromising, unrelenting, indomitable freedom. For this Christ died, for this He arose, for this He sent His Spirit. There is nothing He wills with more intensity under the glory of His own name than this. Your freedom What John Piper is saying is a critical thought regarding how we should live. Because Christ was free, he was not bound to expected traditions. He did not sin, and he did not conform, which released Christ to be open to pick and choose how he wanted to live as long as his choices were under the influence of the Spirit of God and informed by God's Word. Did you know that you are just as free as Jesus was free? You remember that text in 836? John, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You can pick and choose how you want to live as long as you are under the illuminating and empowering influence of the Spirit of God. 
Here's some questions for you to think about. Are you free to pick and choose how you want to live? Would you be more comfortable if you had a list by which to live by? Maybe your parents would ask it this way. Would you be more comfortable if you had a list by which to parent by? Another question, are you free to do something one way today and a different way tomorrow? That's part of what I was reading earlier about Jesus. That one way, he, one time he had this attitude toward his mother and another time he had another attitude toward his mother. Are, are you able to walk in the Spirit in such a way that you can flex like this? A final question, are you enjoying the freedom that Christ bought for you through the gospel, a rule-based parenting model, or if you are the children or a child of the rule-based parenting model, you don't have that freedom. You have a rule-based, code of conduct, cookie-cutter kind of lifestyle that suffocates the life that God is offering you. Not only does it suffocate, but it creates a fear-based culture because you are afraid to get outside of the expected religious traditional norms. But when I ask these types of questions and when I talk about these kinds of things, the Christian will respond, can I do anything that I want to? The answer to that question, by the way, is absolutely yes. You can do anything that you want to. And the answer is also no. The Spirit of God will never lead you into sin. So therefore, when you ask the question, can I do anything that I want to, there are two answers to that question. Absolutely, yes! You can do anything you want to. And no, the Spirit of God will never lead you into sin. And within that, you have an amazing amount of freedom. Now I want to apply everything that I've said now to this idea of parenting, which is the big thought in the podcast. And I want to ask you two questions or two overarching questions that I want you to think about. I have subset questions under these two overarching questions. But here's the first overarching question. How are you training your children? And so let's apply this to parenting. What are you expecting and training your children to do? Now, here are two options for you. You're training your children to obey the rules that are laid out before them, which are shaped by family, tradition, or biblical preferences. Is that the primary way that you are training your children? Here are the rules. Rule 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 89, 90, 91. These are the rules, and those rules are informed by family, tradition, biblical preferences. Number two, or are you training your children this way? Walk in the illuminating power of the Spirit of God, which releases you and your children to respond in freedom. Now, that is the goal. Now, I know in the beginning, and I have a video here that would be, it's critical that you watch this video. The video is 
titled inside this article, Parenting with Structure and Support. And what I mean by that is that in the beginning of a child's life, you give them a lot of structure. You must give them a lot of structure because they're insecure and they need consistency and regularity and they need structure. But you cannot, you must not maintain that all the days of, your, of their parenting lives, the, the time that you parent them. You want to incrementally release them, test and fail, test and fail, success. You want to incrementally release them into the world to where they are making the decisions that they need to make and they are operating within the freedom that the Bible teaches. And so how are you training your children? To obey the rules, this is it, no deviation. Those are the Pharisees that I was talking about earlier. Or are you training them to walk in the illuminating power of the Spirit of God, which releases you and your children to respond in freedom, to live like Christ, to where one day it looks like this and the next day it looks like that, but you never sin. Now, my second overarching question is this. What do you hope your children will do? And so the first question is, how are you training your children? The second question is, what do you hope your children will do? And the way that I want to answer that question is I want to ask another one. What are you looking for from your children as far as how they are in their day-to-day deportment? As you look at your children, how do you assess them in their day-to-day deportment? What are you looking for? Here's an option. What you should be primarily looking for are attitudes of the heart, which include love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit out of Galatians 5. That is what you're looking for primarily. What you're looking for in your children are these attitudes. You're looking for attitudes of the heart. Am I seeing love, joy, peace, patience? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you're seeing these things as they begin to emanate up from your children's lives, by the time that they're four, five, six years of age, you should be, you should start, uh, you should be able to see these things forming and coming out of them. What you should not be looking for are behaviors which outwardly appear beautiful, but within their hearts are all kinds of uncleanness. And so if you train by a rule-based life, what you will see, especially when your children are young, you will see lockstep obedience. But what you won't see out of the rule-based life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If your children are growing in, one, affection for Christ, two, a desire to honor people, especially their parents, three, gentle spirits, four, grateful attitudes, you're on, the right, you're on the right path. Now, that list that I just gave you is not exhaustive, but what you, these are some of the things that you want to see. Affection for Christ, a desire to honor people, especially the parents, gentle spirits, grateful attitudes. If these are the things that are coming out of their uh, hearts and lives and mouths, then you're on the right track. But if your children are learning the rules of Christianity, but inwardly they are not gentle, not kind, not conscientious, not maturing with discretion, it's imperative that you reconsider how you are parenting them. 
training behaviors into your children will work while they are young. But when they become adults, it's imperative that Christ is the shepherd of their hearts rather than the rules that you parented into them. The title of the podcast is Give Your Children Fewer Rules and More Attitude. Here's a few call-to-action questions, and then I will, be, I will be done. Number one, how would you characterize your parenting? More rule-based or more spirit-led? Number two, are your children growing in freedom while maturing in the responsibility of that freedom? Number three, do you still use containment policies, rules, to guarantee compliance, even though your children are teens? If you're still using containment policies, rules for your children, now that they are teens, you really have a problem. Number four, are your children's decision-making based on a list of rules, or have they been taught to make spirit-led decisions? And number five, do your children know how to make responsible spirit-led decisions that put the fame of the Lord on display? I realize in some ways this podcast can be a can of worms for some parents because they have done it poorly. I have another article in here titled, I Failed as a Parent, Now What? I would encourage you to read that article. And I also encourage you to get on our website because I'm sure you have questions that are specific and unique to your life, your parenting, your family. We would love to serve you. So jump on our forums and let's talk. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.